So we're one day past Valentine's Day. Um, an interesting holiday to me, if you can call it a holiday, just because you get a lot of opinions from across the board. You have people that really want to celebrate their love and hang out with people that they love or are romantic with. And then you have the other people that are kind of like, it's a commercial holiday. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's just to get you to spend money. And I feel like both are kind of crazy in their extremities. Like, uh, first of all, if you want to take advantage of an opportunity to show your love for someone that's just a positive thing if you yeah it is kind of stupid to get sucked into all of the craziness of it but why turn down an opportunity to be just loving also to just go on the far extreme and just hate on it because it's whatever there's so many other things to hate on there's so many worse things than a holiday that makes you love i don't know maybe i'm just too sucked in to the machine to be able to come up for fresh air but that's my take on that no one asked me for it but it's the day after valentine's day and it's on my mind but that's not why you listen to this podcast so anyway i had the pleasure of interviewing mark watchers a few months ago uh in 2018 when i was on tour and he's really good friends with isaac the drummer in awol nation he introduced me to him and he told me lots of stories about him, so I had a lot of uh, ammunition going into it. I find their upbringing really fascinating, just because it's like the real—it's kind of like a real classic rock upbringing, and one of the la- one of the last generations to be able to have that unfettered by the internet and uh, streaming services, what have you, Napster. Um, so that's fascinating, just as like a music fan to me, as well as his crazy career of just like being like me in a high school band that you're obsessed with, but then graduating into playing with the Tours, Jack White, the Shins, and just uh, all doing it while being just a pure-hearted, music-loving, like, very nice guy, like, wouldn't hurt a fly type of person, which is inspiring because you hear lots of stories of people that get ahead in other industries because they're cutthroat or because, you know they're able to manipulate people or figure out situations but mark's definitely the type of guy that you see him there you see the reasons for his rising being just because he's someone you want to be around someone that you want to be surrounded by um and it's always heartening to meet people like that but we had a great conversation we drank a few beers we sat in his little guest house and um he'll tell you the rest of the story but he's just a really if you're a big fan of music like how it's made all the little sounds all the bells and whistles he's the type of guy you want to listen to talk about it because he's um, a kindred spirit of yours then he is fascinated by all those little things and that's what makes him a unique musician but listen to it for yourself you check it out Airbnb of Mark Watches' house, and it's really lovely, and we're sipping on some beer in Nashville. Thanks so much for sitting down with me. You're very welcome. We just rolled into town a few hours ago, and, well, I've just met Mark today through Isaac, the drummer in the band I'm on tour with. Uh, How would you introduce yourself today as a musician if I were to just, like, if we just met each other, no context? I'd probably say, you know, hey, I'm Mark, I'm, I'm... I'm a musician. Hello, I'm you Mark. Uh, hello, I'm Mark. I play music. I, 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 I play music. Cool. What do you do? Um, <laughs> yeah. Short and to the point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, awesome. But uh, who who are you playing with these days? Um, so I I play guitar and keys in the shins. I um I do production work out of my studio here in Nashville. Um, and I do you know some some hired you know hired gun work on the road for people. Yeah. Um. Just whatever pops up. Yeah, yeah, kind of whatever pops into my, you know, into my bubble. Yeah. Have the shins kept you busy recently? Um, yeah, this this last year, 2017, I was on the road most of the year. Um, we put out a record uh, March of 2017 and um, toured that until December. Um, 
And so I've been off the road since December um, and just doing production work here. Oh, sweet. Doing co-writes with people and producing some, some that, stuff for kids. Has that been nice, just being home, working It's been home? awesome. Yeah. It's been awesome. I have a I have a almost two-year-old, so getting to be home with her while she's kind of like really exploding with like yeah thought and, and language has been... That's kind of, yeah, the age where a lot of cognitive abilities start to come out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's definitely like starting to like put two and two together and like have her own ideas about the world and it's been really pretty amazing to you know get to be here while she does that i've heard um from a few people that like when your kid starts to get two to be like two three and four like i've heard it's more frustrating to be away from home because there's there's so much like original ideas coming out that it's, yeah. it's it feels really it's hard yeah. to miss out on that yeah definitely uh, definitely when uh, she was when she was like brand new it was it was hard to be away from her, but but a lot of that stress also had to do with just knowing that you're leaving your partner to take yeah. care of everything. Yeah. Um, and now you know, and then the older they get, the more the more it feels like, you know, this is this is a fully formed human being, yeah. and and you miss this person I, as missing, much as you, yeah. as, you know, like I'm now I miss two people. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Are you missing the opportunity to get to know them? Yeah. 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 Well, to go a bit back, or maybe all the way back, you're from Tri-Cities, Washington, right? Yep. And uh, when did you start playing music? Kind of first thing. I don't I don't actually really remember. I think my parents kind of put me in violin lessons when I was three and piano lessons when I was in five. Three-year-olds play violin? Yeah, they were, yeah. It doesn't seem <laughs> Do right, they have, does have, like, it? tiny ones for the... No, no, you actually, you start off, you start off with a cigar box. Really? You start off with a cigar box with a ruler taped to it. And no a, way. And a, and a long dowel. Holy as shit. As a bow. And you just, you spend the first, I don't, I don't, I don't know how long it was, but um, you spend the first period of time just learning how to handle... Just how to hold it. How to hold it. How to, you know, not drop it. So by the time and, you're and able then, to actually, like, put together what music is <laughs> mentally, yeah. you have the functionality of holding the instrument. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, but, yeah, at, at some point they decide you're ready, you're ready to hold the real thing. Yeah. And then, and then they start teaching you how to do it. Okay. Yeah, three is crazy. You could play a, vi- a violin like a cello, I feel like, at that age. Just turn it sideways. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they, okay. they make little tiny, like, quarter scale. I think okay. quarter scale, I think, might be the smallest they make. I'm not sure. But, but um, yeah, my first violin was really small. Hmm. Um, and then you kept kept up with I, violin? I did, that. I did that until I was, I think, 15 was when my parents told me I was old enough to, to say I wanted to quit. <laughs> that's when they allowed you yeah, to make yeah, that decision like, for yourself you're, you're old enough to say that you but you had been playing that. violin for 12 years then or yeah, something like that yeah wow so yeah i did that till i was like 15 and, and same with piano i think i did piano till i was 16 um and then all i want i mean all i really wanted to do growing up i grew up in the age of you know both hair metal and rad new wave and and that was really exciting to you. It was really like everything, like everything yeah. that was happening on MTV and VH1 was extremely exciting to me. Um, so it, you know, you were just naturally drawn to. Yeah, I, I to, wanted to, to play guitar. I wanted to play drums. I wanted to, I wanted to figure out. You wanted to how rock. to make. I just wanted to figure <laughs> out how to make those sounds. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think the sounds themselves were, like, of course you got you know. In the eighties, you got sold this idea of. Of being young and you know having the right hair, having the right <laughs> sneakers, having the right blah blah blah, mm-hmm. but but like I knew I knew plenty of kids that that uh, didn't have any taste in music either. You know, yeah. I probably I, I don't know if I did, but I, I I know that really early on I picked up on sounds. I remember like putting in cassette tapes and and. Um, on some cassette tapes, there would be a, a set of calibration noises at the very beginning. When you put them in, it goes do 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 do. Oh yeah. And and I remember like thinking to myself like, what what is that? Why is that there? Um, like that was just to let you know that the tape was ready. I I guess yeah. I I still to this day don't fully understand <laughs> like like was were, you know 
were people calibrating their their cassettes to these? Was that a a weird mastering glitch that just they just said, oh, leave it in? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what those tones were for, but they in my mind they were calibration tones or something. Yeah. Um, it's you know people are gonna make fun of me. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, but, those but yeah, tones, those I remember. Tones I, remember your life. I remember hearing those things and 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 wondering like, what's the function of that? Yeah, that has a function. Like, I want to know what that is. And gosh, I, I remember getting um, Michael Jackson. You know, of course, like like getting Thriller on cassette mm-hmm. and and listening to Beat It and and wanting to know like that's it sounds the the first downbeat of that song sounds like a guitar but it definitely is not a guitar what's making that yeah. sound like how does that happen um so you you were just intrigued by the function of sounds and yeah what, what was making yeah them. yeah like how how do, how do you recreate that sound how do you make that which sounds much more like a fascination in production as, maybe, as well as music maybe yeah but when did you start playing guitar I think it was like sixth grade. I, I ended up getting a, a unisynth guitar that didn't have actual strings. It had rubber, like a rubber touchpad. Yeah. It was the first, you know, one of the first forays into, I think, MIDI, MIDI yeah. instruments, but it didn't have a MIDI out. It was, it was just a toy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they still, I, they ironically, still make I think my parents like bought it from. Isaac's parents, and I think I think I got one for Christmas, and I think Isaac got the other one they had in the shop for Christmas. Were you guys friends at, at this point already? Uh, no, we hadn't met yet. We okay. met that year though. Oh, okay. Because so we, for for listeners, Isaac, the drummer in AWOL Nation, who I'm playing with right now, his he grew up with Mark, and uh, Isaac's parents owned an awesome, like the music store in Tri Cities. Yes, the music store. Yeah. So they, when you say he bought it from, or they bought it from his parents, like they bought it from, what was the music store called? Uh, music Machine. Mu- the Music Machine. Yeah. Okay. They bought it from Music Machine in, in downtown Kennewick, Washington. <laughs> um, rest in peace, Music Machine. But yeah, and it was it was a it was a toy, but but it got me it feeling got me going. the guitar. Yeah. Feel, yeah, it got me like going on like how to how to write a song on a guitar, how to like, you know. Yeah. And then eventually you got a, a real guitar? Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, I mean, I think I saved up. I, I mowed a bunch of, uh, you know, lawns, maybe sold that guitar to somebody. And, and I think a, a year or two later, hmm. I ended up getting a guitar and an amp. And then guitar is your main instrument, right? Cause... I think of myself as a guitar player, but I think I get hired as a multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. Well, I mean, these days I feel like if you can only play one instrument... It's pretty. It's a lot harder to get hired. Yeah, they want someone who can like. They want to consolidate a band that could be like ten people into like three or four. Right, right, yeah, right. Maybe that's like I don't know if it's a strength or a weakness, but I I obsess over what I hear on the record. Mm-hmm. I always want I always want to help a band achieve what's on the record. Yeah, and, and like you know, as a fan, I've been lucky enough to to only only really play with musicians who i really wanted to play with yeah that's and awesome. whose records really made an impact on me like w- when i've started dissecting records to to perform them i'm attached to a lot of different things on the yeah. record so i generally will go in really attached to well this sound's got to be there and this sound's yeah. got to be there and this thing's got to be there does and it ever happen where you come in and you you've attached yourself to the sounds that are on their record you come up with creating them yourself and then they want you to do something different than that or is uh, it usually just totally thrilled that you've it's been both it's been yeah. both i've had i've had situations where i've come in and and um really prepared to try and recreate you know what seemed like a painstaking process of yeah. you you really put a lot into getting this thing and they were like oh no that was a that sound that was a that was a weird like feedback loop that happened in the background and and we just we recorded it and flew it in. Yeah. Like we didn't <laughs> care about that at all. Yeah. That, that doesn't you know? mean anything to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Li- yeah. Literally, literally that was just a, you know, the, yeah. gu- the guitar got left on and, yeah. and we, we just d- happened we just, to still be recording. <laughs> we got a voice note of a cow mooing and we pitch shifted and it was just a fun thing to have. And yeah, like, you didn't yeah. need to recreate was, that. <laughs> yeah. With that, that's not part of the song to us. Yeah. But to me as a listener, it, it, 
I feel like it's yeah. got to be there. You have to have that. You have know? you ever shed light on that to a band? You know, when they're like, well, we didn't even realize that listeners might think that's important. Because I think yeah. when, you, when you're yeah. in the studio making a record, you might throw something on there and be like, that's fun for us. But when you're, and, and you have the context of it being a throwaway thing you did last minute, whereas a listener, they have no context of that. Yeah. It's just, that must be important because it's in there. And so there's, there's lots of little things I get attached to on records, and I'm sure the artist would be like, I don't... We didn't even, I don't even remember that part. Yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I've definitely had situations where I came in and to, to do something live and, and I've, I've come in sort of as a, as an afterthought to the band and, and, um, you know, come in to, to just be the auxiliary player and, and I'll do, I'll do, you know, I'll do my research on YouTube and stuff and see like, yeah. okay, wh- who's playing what, who's, what's, yeah. what's being covered here. And, um, you know, and I've come in and said like, oh, you know, sounds like nobody's really covering this thing that to me is a really yeah prominent line in that song and and yeah no one's and, doing and, it and yeah and, and like i've had them, like the songwriter be like oh weird yeah that that kind of is an important thing weird <laughs> yeah. it's weird that we just forgot about that yeah you know? thanks for doing <laughs> that <laughs> but but i you know i don't i don't know if that's a um a function of weird obsessiveness on my part or if it's or just a lack of obsessiveness on other people's parts, or if or if the world just doesn't care about those things. Yeah, you know, sometimes I just feel like I'm a weirdo for for obsessing over those yeah. little nuances. That I mean, some people care about it. Maybe yeah. maybe it's not the majority. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. like I want to. Yeah. We'll do a poll. Find yeah, out who yeah. Cares. Yeah, I want to hear like the weird clicks and pops. I want to. Yeah. You know, I want to hear like all those like the the stuff I when I hear music I I obsess over all of it and, and yeah. it all just becomes part of the rhythmic you know the the, the rhythmic characteristic of yeah. the song i mean it, it is kind of as i referenced it a second ago about a cow mooing but like yeah there's yeah. there's the second cold play record uh russia blood to the head and there's the song russia blood to the head which like in that song a little more than halfway through there's a pause and it sounds like a cow mooing like yeah and and to me, that made the song, like, for some yeah. reason. And if I were to watch them play it live and it wasn't there, I would just be like, it would mess with me a little bit. Yeah. Which I've never seen them play that. I don't think they play that song live. Right. But, uh, but for it's like the weirdest little thing. It sounds like a cow mooing. And it's like, that's my favorite part of the entire album, I think. Yeah. For some weird reason. But yeah, those details are important. But to jump back a little bit. So you, you, were, you started playing guitar. Uh, you had been playing piano for mm-hmm. a decade, maybe at this point, and violin. So you, well-rounded, especially when it comes to like that's like those are three different like tunings and approaches. You know, like pianos, which are chromatic, and then the violin, yeah. which is I don't know what the word is for that, but the tuning's way different than a guitar. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, I guess the violin is. Um, is it thirds? No, it's it's fifths or fourths. E A D G. Uh, highest to lowest. But it's the same or as a G-D-A-E. guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. G D A E from yeah. from lowest to highest. Okay, yeah. Yeah. A B C D E. Yeah. Of <laughs> I have to count on my fingers. Yeah. Um, um, but I mean, those are three very different approaches to uh, percussive and stringed instruments. So mm-hmm. that's got to be just well rounding in general as starting off. Um, but then you started recreating these rock and roll sounds on guitar. Mm-hmm. And when did you start kind of playing with other people? I must have been in about eighth grade. I don't know. It was it was probably right around the time. Nevermind came out. Yeah. My brother had gotten a bass for Christmas one year. So he had a bass and, and had That's kind of like the first requirement to be a bass player is just having a bass. Having a yeah. bass, yeah. Because you can just be like, just play this and let me play over you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he, he and I had talked about it. I, I make it sound like yeah. I forced him to do this thing, and that's probably <laughs> not what happened in real life. But does he still play? Um, yeah, yeah. No, he, he we have a band here in Nashville. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, cool. he, so you he both lives, ended up in Nashville. From we, yeah, we both. He, my brother is one of the one of the. Um, he he repairs guitars at Groon Guitars. Oh, cool! That's um, like one of my favorite music stories. He's, yeah, he's one Whoa. of their guitar repairmen, and and um. Well, maybe you led him in the right direction. <laughs> I don't. Well, yeah. I don't know, or maybe 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 we both led each other in yeah, the yeah. right direction. Yeah. I have. I have. I'll get uh, his side of this all stuff. Yeah, I have a hunch that that he had more to do with my education as a musician than I had to do mm-hmm. with his. But, but yeah, like we ended up getting guitars and bass around the same time, 
And then the kid across the street from us got got uh, a drum set for Christmas. Perfect. And, um, Nirvana. So, yeah, we were gonna. Yeah, <laughs> we started to do that, and and my brother, my brother also played trombone, and we toyed around with like I'd, I'd written Scott. I'd written some songs, and we toyed around with 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 trombone. We toyed around with a little bit of that, um, but finally ended up playing one show. Um, and the band quickly fizzled out and, and dissolved. Um, <laughs> and then my brother and I kept writing songs. And yeah. um, I had sung and played guitar in that band, but I didn't want to sing anymore. And, I, and we couldn't find a drummer. And our drummer from the old band had yeah. left his drums at my house. Oh, so you just had the kit. So I, just, well, I had the kit, and I figured, well, I can teach somebody how to play guitar. Like I, I can teach the guitar parts to somebody. And I have a friend that wants to be a singer, so my friend can be the singer, and we can get this guy to, like, I can teach this guy. Yeah, just show him the parts. The the parts. And you would play drums? And then I'll figure out how to play drums. So I just started figuring out how to play drums. uh, And all of these things just coming out of necessity, because it was like, well, it wasn't an option to not be making music as a band. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was just like, like, how am I going to figure it out? Yeah, you you had to push forward. And okay, if you can't find the guy to do it, then do it yourself. Yeah. And and maybe that's like. And I bet you wish that there was multiples of you at that time. You know, like I just wish I could. <laughs> I, no, I I really just wish that I had a four track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I knew how to work back then. Cause, yeah. Because yeah. um the recordings that we made were um I think I think someone. Live. They were they were completely live. Um, but I think someone actually gave gave us the the award for the worst uh the worst recording of all time. Well, was um, it? <laughs> how official it was, is this award? I mean, it was it was a local zine yeah. or something, but but um, because <laughs> you you but guys, it was it was you, really you bad. It was really music? bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was that was what you would do. You would you would go to the 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 the, the little the DIY crowd in 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 uh, Tri Cities, Washington. We we would go to the Value Village or something and just mm-hmm. buy up all the cassette tapes you could buy for for ten cents a piece and just like print and go this home, recording on go all. home, erase them, and you make your recording. You know, borrow your friend's four track. Okay, make so you recording. Like, re- record over like Neil Young and just like literally, yeah. <laughs> literally erase Neil Young, spray paint the you know spray paint the cassette yeah. or something, and, and then and then like write your band's name yeah. on it, and you dub, you know, find someone with a four track, record your music, and then find someone somebody with a machine that had like, you know, you could dub four cassettes at a time. And yeah, you'd dub it, and then you go to the, you know you'd sell it for five bucks at your show. Yeah. That's cool. And yeah, it was, that was fun. It was, yeah. it was like, but, but all of us, I mean, Isaac included, we were all doing that. We were all figuring out like, how do you, how do you make a, how do you make a record? We don't, none of us have any money. Yeah. So that, that one poor kid that had, that had the four track, <laughs> he never got to use it. <laughs> yeah. Cause everyone, <laughs> cause everybody else had, he should have started a label time. or something like that. He should have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess when you're that age, you maybe don't have the best sense of marketing or Probably not, no. Well, yeah, got a lot of friends out of the deal, though. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that's the most important thing. I guess. Yeah. So you and what was the name of that band? Uh, do I have to say it? You don't have um, to if you want to. I mean, no, is it, band, can it be found that, anywhere? No, no, no. Yeah, okay, nobody, okay. nobody could probably ever find it. Um, that band was called the Dream Time. The Dream Time. The Dream okay. Time. Yeah. I mean, look, my um, first, my first band that I played shows with was called Wildfire. With yeah. With Y's instead of I's. Y's instead of I's. Yeah, so it's... Yeah. I, I can be more embarrassed by a different band name. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think... I mean, yeah, hindsight, 2020. Yeah, years. at the time it was... Badass. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. I've never really played with many other people or seen many shows, but I'm pretty sure we're the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we definitely walked into shows with... with a, a significant amount of unearned ego. Yeah, it takes a while to chisel that ego da- ego down. It does. It really, and it really it does. And and that's the interesting thing about being an artist. I was talking to to um, friends recently about about being a musician or about being any kind of artist. At a certain point, you decide people want to hear my shit. Dude, they my eat- shit <laughs> is good enough that people need to hear yeah, it. it it's good for them everybody wins you know yeah they're yeah. gonna get off on it i'm gonna get off on them getting off yeah on it. there's such a weird i struggle with the ego behind being a musician that puts out music all the time because it's like in one hand you have to tell yourself that people are going to like what you do and yeah. that they're going to care about your perspective 
and that it's more important than maybe other people's perspectives, which is a mm-hmm. crazy thing. But then on the other side, <clears throat> I've heard other people talk about it in a way that's really awesome where it's like, as long as you're putting out art, you're contributing to the art community and there's something noble about that. Because yes. if no one's doing it, then it's moving nowhere. And so as long as you're just trying to be honest with yourself and with other people, you're going to push some perspective that might influence someone to be bold themselves. And it's it's about contributing to the music scene. Yes. Rather than like, yes. So I think there's like an unhealthy and a healthy way to look at it. But it's right. a really weird dance to analyze, at least for me, because it's like, I'm going to go, I'm fucking going to try to convince a bunch of people to come watch me play my songs and sing to them. Yeah. Like I have a right hey to friends, do that. Yeah. Hey friends, you've, you've, we've gotten high together <laughs> yeah. and you've listened to me like perseverate over these issues. Now come pay money <laughs> yeah, and watch exactly. me perseverate those same issues to, to music. To, to music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe a different and, perspective. And I, and I expect you <laughs> yeah. to at least tell me it was good. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, and, we loved it. It was yeah. great. You know? Yeah. like It's like, be honest with me, but please don't be brutally honest yeah. with me. Because yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. But, uh, but then, and, and. I was really lucky to grow up in in a in a community. Isaac and I grew up in this community where if you were doing something, if you weren't if you were doing something that was at all different. Mm-hmm. If you were if you were not just regurgitating something that was on top 40, you got props for it. Yeah. Just it, just it w- just the courage to not do top 40, to not try and and recreate i mean i i guess i guess when i first started really playing shows um the stuff that would have been on the radio would have been like no doubts you like yeah. with the, the the no doubt record that that first blew up and and um you know the downward spiral nine inch nails and there was of course like a lot of nirvana and alice and chains still going on, mm-hmm. on the radio and the, the yarling and pearl jam and stuff like that yeah um and there were plenty of bands that tried to do that. And if you were trying to recreate any of that, any of those things, even if you did it really well, people people spotted it. Yeah. People felt like this is not genuine. If you were doing something What a cool scene to grow it up. It was it mean, was amazing. It was it really was we we were a culture that celebrates genuineness and uh just being new or fresh, yeah, yeah. not yeah. regurgitating, we, you know. And if, and I'm sure if if you could go back and look at it, well, we were all stealing from each other and regurgitating stuff. We, we you know, we, we were probably our own little petri dish. Yeah, but it was this this little tiny petri dish of of kids that were super supportive of each other. And as long as you weren't regurgitating anything outside of the petri dish, then. Like you were, then you were doing something of, of value, Yeah, you know? And you could actually play shows and, and you could play show shows up. and people would show up and they wanted to see what you were doing. You want to hear what you, even if you made the worst recording of, yeah. <laughs> of, of all time, they still wanted to like buy it and listen to yeah. it and they would play it on the local radio station. And, and, um, there were, you know, we had a, uh, you know, a student run radio station in the Tri-Cities and like and, a um, college station. It was it was high school kids. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, high school kids could take this course, and and um, Isaac did it. Isaac was one of the DJs on the on the. Did he have Indiana. a DJ name that I can like haunt him with? I don't think so. Ah, uh, shoot. We had this amazing like student run radio station that that played, you know, probably a quarter of what they played was local bands, and then the other three quarters were uh, bands you never would hear on Top Forty. Okay. Um. So it was just, it was just the cool station. It was the cool station. You know, you could, you, you would hear Jesus Lizard on that station. You would hear, um, I can't even remember all the, you know, all the bands that probably came into my, yeah, like that you found out about. Yeah, yeah, that I found out about that that later, like, oh, that that band is huge now. Yeah, that's really cool, especially because then that's influencing the kids in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's influ- influencing the music that's being made. It was, it was. Kind of, and I don't know if other other towns really had this kind of thing. Yeah. But it was like a mixtape that went out to everybody. 
Yeah. And if you were, if, you know, if, if, if you were a stoner or, you know, yeah. whatever we were called back then, uh, you listened to that and, and it created you, its own community. It around created it. a community. You were all finding about, finding out about things at the same time. And, and it was constantly pushing new ideas. And, you know, like I found out about skinny puppy through that. I found out about craft work through that. I found out about, um, Skinny puppy. Skinny puppy. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a... <laughs> I, I haven't even, like, said that name in, in I, don't, I don't know how long. But, but yeah, like, really, really rad ideas. Really yeah. rad bands with a thought process behind them, with a dogma behind them. Like, yeah. they, they, were, they were working towards something. You know, sometimes you would get a DJ that, that just... This kid is, is tuned into what this band or this label is, is putting out there yeah. into the world. You have these young kids that are hungry and doing lots of like weird research on exactly like, yeah up crazy things yeah they were I mean they were you know all these kids were like writing into like wax tracks and alternative tentacles and and uh, touch and go and and like all the all the labels that were happening at the time yeah. that, the only way you knew was to get their newsletter and and yeah figure out what they were putting out because there was no because there's no Spotify there's no there was <laughs> no, no Spotify a there playlist was, for you, you know? yeah you had to physically write in you had to you had to buy a magazine yeah and write into that label and say i want to be on your ma- your mailing list yeah it bums me out that like tastemakers are going away because and they're, they're being replaced by computers and algorithms now i mean it's like yeah. it's like many things but it's it's a little daunting that you know a computer can figure out what you're probably going to like and then send it over your way and yeah. Say like you're going to like this based off of other things you've liked, but it ends up narrowing down your choices rather than expanding your idea of what music can be because it's just feeding you what it knows you will like rather than pushing you to explore something new, which is what a tastemaker would do on the radio before. You know, it's like today you put a song on the radio and if it doesn't get a certain amount of shazams, it's going to go away because they know that people aren't liking it instantly rather than someone really pushing a song because they believe that if you get it, eventually it'll be your favorite song yeah. but you need to have that time to get it i mean like it's it was, like you're not just going to fall in love with everyone you just meet immediately sometimes you have to get to know them and songs are that way i feel like and we're losing that there's a camila caballo song that just came out that for some reason i was like i want to hate this but it just feels so good to yeah, listen to yeah, it's yeah. so fun i yeah. can't i don't know what to do about that but i mean and some of my favorite records though i mean i, I assume for a lot of people like i I grew up a huge Wilco fan and mm-hmm. every time they put out a new record on first listen, I was like, damn, I do not like this. Yeah. And then by like the fourth or fifth listen, I always had to, I had to spend the time with it. Yeah. All of a sudden it was like, Oh shit, this is my favorite record ever now. Yeah. And then that'll last for a long time. And I'm just in because, but it took a while to get to know it. I mean, it's like a hard personality. It's, you can't just, I don't know. I, I, I just, I feel like anything you love immediately, you can it can only go downhill from there. Right. And something that's complicated, you know, maybe you still won't like it, but you could get to know it. And then, but once you earned your own love for it, that's going to last a lot longer than something that just like sounded or looked attractive immediately off the bat. Right. Right. And also, we, you know, in like modern day, if I want to check a record out, if my favorite band puts out a new record where am i going to go to listen to it yeah spotify probably spotify or Tidal or apple music a service that i pay a streaming fee to yeah and the thing the thing that causes you to say i need to spend the time with this is knowing how much time you put into purchasing this yeah there's a barrier of entry when i was a kid and i saved up my money and i bought I, I remember going to the store and buying Appetite for Destruction. I saw the video. I saw Welcome to, yeah. Ju- to the Jungle on TV, and immediately knew I've got to save up my money and I've got to buy this without my parents knowing that I bought it. <laughs> and because they would have, they because w- they would have absolutely disapproved. Yeah. But when I when I saved up my money and I bought it, and you know, granted, as a as a kid, that's a that's a lot more 
work and effort yeah. than, than it is as an adult. But it's also a multimedia function. I mean, you're physically holding it. You're looking at the artwork on it. Right. You're, you're, you're putting it down on a record player. You've, you know, it's, you, and you personally have done something immediately. You had to go out of your way. You yeah. went out of your way um, in the last like week or so. It's a much larger to, investment. To, to get the money to get this thing. You saved up the cash. You didn't put it on a credit card that was automatically billed to your account every yeah. month. Like you handed the cash over, that thing went into your hand, and then you went home, and and now you've got a physical representation of your work and your swindling and your you know you know you're, you're <laughs> hiding like secrets yeah. from your parents. Um, you, you you've got a physical representation of, yeah. of all of that. Like, and <laughs> I bought a corn record and I had to hide it from my mom. Yes. And then she found it and it was like the first time <clears throat> that I was in trouble for music. <laughs> right. right. And, and I had to beg her to get. She never gave it back to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You. Uh, I know you eventually got into the band or started the band Louder Milk, right? Yeah. And how old were you when that all started? My brother told me, yeah, I was gonna go um, start playing bass in this band with Isaac. And he'd done, he'd done some rehearsals with them, and, and I don't know if they were necessarily calling themselves a band yet, but Isaac and this, and this guy Davey that we knew mm-hmm. had some songs written, and Joel went in, and Joel said, you should come by, you know, just hear what we're doing. So I came over one day, and immediately, just upon first song, the first measure of the first song, I just knew... Oh God, I'm wasting my time. This is like this is what needs to happen. This is yeah. this is the band. This it, was is, a, it was immediate, like yeah. That. This is the thing, and I'm I don't identify myself as a guitar player. Plus, Davy's the guitar player and Davy's singing. My brother's the bass player. Isaac's the drummer. Yeah, and I can't do any of those things as well as what these guys are doing. Like I can't sing like Davy. They don't need a guitar player because Davy's playing guitar. Plus, I don't think I don't even think I really owned an amp at the time. Okay. Um, you know, it was it was the the kind of thing where I I remember thinking to myself, I really want to force myself into this situation. Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna find. A way I'm just in. gonna yeah. I, yeah. I'm just gonna like find a crowbar and just insert <laughs> myself here. Yeah. And um, like I remember hearing songs and immediately upon hearing those songs, having guitar ideas, like having okay. parts in my head. Like just knowing, like this is what this song needs. This is the part this song needs. This is the part this song needs, and and they went on. You know, like they ended up not using my brother as the bass player. They they got Shane as the bass player, and and um, my band went on for a little bit, and then it sort of fizzled out as as bands do. And and um, I started another band, and then at some point, Davey and I started hanging out a lot. I don't even remember how it happened, but Davey and I just started hanging out yeah. and I think Davey's the only one I haven't met from this band. Really? So far, yeah. You'll, you probably will at He's, some point. Probably. It probably, <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yeah, he and I started hanging out and, and, um, we were just playing each other's songs on the guitar one night. And I think Davey kind of, I think he'd always maybe kind of seen me as a drummer and then yeah. realized, Oh, this guy can play guitar. I mean, oh. At this point they only had three members. Yeah. 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 You can always use a fourth. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, really, I think without, knowing that I really without knowing that I could play guitar, I'd played some guitar in front of him, but, but I think mm. he just knew that we got along and, and I could get around on a bunch of different instruments. Yeah. Um, he asked me to join the band. I and you were just like, yes. <laughs> yeah, literally. I, I, I think I, I think Please. I literally like, I was like, well, I've got a show this weekend and then I'm going to quit right after the show. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I'm in your band. I'll give my two weeks um, notice and I'm there. Yeah. yeah. I can start and, tomorrow. Yeah. And you were, how long did that band last? I mean, you, you guys. Loud, Louder Milk lasted from 95 to 2004. Okay. I think. Yeah. And you then, guys, I think you guys played at my middle school. In like 2002, or I think that would have been about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Because it was that was our second record was coming out, and I think we did a, a promo tour. Just for leading the, up to the that. listeners, it's a pure coincidence, but uh, Louder Milk was the only band that came and played during recess at the middle school I went to, and it was just a really funny thing because I remember thinking like I don't even remember what you guys sounded like what you look like I just remember thinking why are they playing no one does this yeah and thinking like I wonder like is this cool or is this I don't know I don't know what to make out of this we didn't but know I what never to make of it either <laughs> I never forgot the name because people 
there were stickers around the campus and then people <laughs> crossed out louder and put sour milk. <laughs> and that was the thing that went around is sour milk. Sour milk. And people talked about it for like months after that. That's it's like, funny. And that became a, a big reference yeah. <laughs> in my childhood. Yeah. And then, you know, I ended up starting to play with Isaac, you know, over a decade later. Yeah. And finding, finding out that he played in that band, it just blew my mind. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I think, I think that band lasted yeah 95 to 2004 yeah nine eight nine years oh and then eventually the band dissolved yeah isaac and i were really starting to isaac was playing a lot with other people he was getting a lot of offers and i was starting to get offers and we we really felt like at least in my mind and i think in isaac's mind as well uh it felt like a betrayal to the other guys in the band to be if, playing with other to people. be playing with other people yeah but it also felt like a betrayal to yourself to not be taking the opportunities that were coming to you. Um, yeah, you have to yeah, balance the doing what's best for yourself and, we and were, what's best for the band. Right. And we were like acutely aware that like I was acutely aware that that if Isaac got jobs, I was jealous. Yeah. And I was acutely aware that the same was happening on the other side. Yeah. You know? None of us really wanted the others to succeed. <laughs> unless all of us were succeeding yeah. together and that was holding all of us back and and i think that was i think that was really like why that band came to an end yeah we just realized you know what we we all need to grow yeah. individually what's well, hard when you when you're locked into one band for so long it's hard it's like i don't know it's like being in one room for a really long time yeah and, and everyone starts looking out some different windows and it's like what are you what are you seeing over there and it's like let's yeah. just get the fuck out of here yeah and see what happens yeah you know? because because it was the second any one of us like shane and his wife had a had a kid's uh clothing line and if he didn't have time because he was dealing with his wife and his kid and his clothing line yeah. like if, if he didn't have time for the band the rest of us were like what the fuck are you doing man yeah come on man the rest of us are waiting around for you. You know, yeah. like like the second any one of us didn't have time for the rest of us, there was this emotion that happened that, that just wasn't helping anybody. Yeah. So we just I think we just figured, yeah, it's it's time to it's time to let's just stop. Let's stop. Let's <laughs> yeah. put it put it on pause. Let's not say the end, but yeah. let's put it on pause and let's just explore. Let's grow. And we're all still really close friends. Yeah. But so the the band broke up. I know that Isaac started touring with some people. I I just remember him saying that he 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 had a gig and he recommended you for it or something. You guys ended up touring, playing. For, yes. For, who, so who was this? Jeremy Fisher. I met up with them. We did some rehearsals, and I was supposed to be on tour with them for the next three or four months, like through May of two thousand eight. And maybe two or three weeks into that tour mm -hmm. with them, I got a I got a call from um, the Rack and Tours um, asking if I was available to play keys. Yeah. And I was in this point in my life where I was making lists of things I wanted yeah. in my life. You know, like trying to manifest and yeah. that, that kind of thing. <laughs> the, the stuff you do, and yeah. you know. You, the the stuff you first learn to start doing when you're in your mid twenties yeah. or late twenties. Um yeah, so so I was I had I had made this list of bands that I really like wanted to, you know, be a part of something like mm -hmm. this and, and they were at the top of my list. Oh really? Um and I, yeah, I, I I didn't know that. My the backstory is this you got a call and, I just got yeah. this random call from their manager who, well, they were on V2 at the same time. Yeah, it was the same label, right? Same la okay. We had been on the same label. And their manager, I guess, had, had kind of taken notice of of our band. And um, they called you to be a guitar player? Uh, keyboard player. Keyboard player, okay. Um, Dean, uh, their keyboard player, uh, is also in Queens of the Stone Age. Okay. Um, and Queens were out, and he couldn't do the beginning of the tour. So I... I was called to kind of sub in for him for mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, and I had to turn it down. Um, yeah. I, so I heard Isaac's side of the story. He's like, I, I'm just, maybe you guys were in a van or in a bus or something. And you got to, we we're eating dinner. You're eating we're, dinner. Yeah. We were okay. really, I think we we're in St. Louis and we we're eating dinner, <laughs> but he's like, Mark gets a call and he's like, I just, he's on the phone and he's like, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm busy. I, I'm doing this thing now. 
And then he hangs up, and I'm like, dude, what was that? And he was like, other raconteurs asked me if I could play keys with them, or they asked me if I was yeah. available for this tour. And but I, you know, I told him I had this going on, and I and Isaac said to you like. Call them back right now. What do you yeah. do? Are you out of your mind? Yeah. You call them back and say you will do Isaac, it. <laughs> Isaac told me to call them back, and I, and I I didn't I didn't feel. I don't remember feeling like I got like I just. I couldn't just bail on somebody. Yeah. You know, I needed to talk to Jeremy first. Well, so was that your first time being like a real hired gun on tour? Yeah, too? it was. Well, I'd been I'd done I'd done stuff. I hadn't toured with anyone, but, but I like you I'd been a hired people. gun for for I'd met this guy Craig Wedren from yeah. Shutter to Think, who I ended up then playing with him in Shutter to Think for a little bit. But I feel like when you sign on for a tour cycle or that, you kind sign of thing, on, you it, sign it, on for that. You give in your word, and it's also that stuff's important. But then there's the other side of it, where is you also have to do what's best for you because it is such a it's such a crazy world as a hired gun that like opportunities right. only represent themselves uh, right. so seldom. And I didn't know that yet. I, yeah. I really didn't know that. But I also didn't. I like I'd given my word to someone. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't want to start. I didn't want to start my career as I, I didn't. I wasn't thinking I was about having like a, a career. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about having a career as a hired gun. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I don't know what I thought I was doing at the time, but but um. I wasn't thinking about being hired, uh, you know, a hired gun or, or someone going out and being a touring musician. Um, but then Jeremy, Jeremy heard what was going on, mm-hmm. and you know, Jeremy like came to me. He's like, "Fuck you, you're fired. Call him back." Oh, that's so and, cool. <laughs> and his his way of saying it, he he literally, you know, he he literally said to me something to the degree of, um, "Look, if Neil Young called me tomorrow." And said, I need someone to open for me, but I need one person with an acoustic guitar. Yeah, I'd I fire would, you all. <laughs> I would send you guys home on the first Greyhound bus. I wouldn't even fly you home. <laughs> I've got to do what's right for me, and I expect you to do what's best yeah. for you. Well, uh, you and know, I honestly, love having good, you here. Good but, for him for, for having yeah, the clarity on that. Yeah. Because a lot of people get too emotionally involved in things where it's like, you can't fault someone for having to do what's best for them. I mean, yeah. and, and even though you are getting paid and you've made a verbal commitment to somebody it's it's not healthy to compromise yourself for something that's not even a long-term gig you know it's like it's right. so, so relatively short right and there's lots of people that are thrilled to take a gig you know that's the other thing we're so replaceable sometimes that absolutely that, that it almost makes it easier to take the good opportunities when they come up because there's going to be another guy that's going to want your opportunity well and and that's when it that's also what makes it as as tempting sometimes as the money can be that also makes it easier for me to to say no to the opportunities that may be a good payday but it's something that i know i'm not going to be able to like i don't i don't ever want to get on a stage and feel like i'm going through the motions or feel like i'm i am not fully invested in helping this person create like well, there, there are thousands of yeah, there are thousands the of people money. out. Yeah, exactly. There are thousands <laughs> like, of people out that, that have paid money to come see this thing. They obviously want to see human beings involved that really care about giving this back to them. Yeah. I don't ever want. I don't ever want to be the dude dragging his shoes. Yeah. On that stage, and and so I've been really lucky that. I mean, that, I, yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of everyone you've played with, so it's like. That, so awesome. and so yeah. am I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I've you know I don't I've been super lucky that that I have a have a wife have a partner who's who's so supportive that that um when I'm having questions about like yeah. should I do this should I not do this like she's always like like if if this is not something that you are absolutely passionate about don't do it yeah um because you're right. And and I've actually said it to people before, like they're like I'm not the right fit for this. There are people that would kill yeah. to recreate this every single night. Yeah. And if I'm not willing to like to cut my hair, yeah. if I if I'm not saying absolutely what style, what yeah. color you want me to dye? What diet? kind of eyeliner do you want me to put exactly? On? Yeah, if yeah. I'm not saying that, then I'm not right for the yeah. job. Because he, if it's right, then you're excited. To fit in because you're like, ooh, let me let me fit into here and make this cool and better. You I know? Want, yeah, 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 yeah. I see exactly how yeah. I can make this better. And if I don't, or I'm I, the I right see part exactly for this exactly machine. how I can. Yeah, 
if, if I don't see myself as part of that machine or see how I can be best of service there, then mm-hmm. I'm not right for that. Yeah, totally. And it's also it's awesome to have those opportunities that you see yourself as being right for that. And then, yeah, and then when those things come yeah. up and you're like, Because it also oh, brings out wow. a certain side of you that's like new for you, right? I mean, it's like, exactly. I've never played this music this way. I've never played this kind of guitar this way. You know, it's it makes you, I mean, I, I always enjoy things that are outside of my wheelhouse just enough where it's like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm going to slap bass on this song. Like, right, right. I haven't done that live in a really long time. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to have to get better at it. And uh, it's a, even if it's like a slight challenge or something like that to feel like you can master that material, but then you're so right. much better for it. You're more versatile after that. Right. And then there's also the personalities, the negotiating different personalities on yeah. tour. Which I, which I, I the, to my surprise, I've found more and more just like, there's just a lot of really good people <laughs> playing music now. And I, and I wonder if that's changed in the last couple of decades because just the music industry becoming more difficult to make money and to break through. But I, I feel like people have to be more reasonable these days than they were maybe two or three decades ago. I, I think definitely. And I, and I also think, honestly, like, I think as we age, we age into, we age along with our peers. Mm-hmm. And we age into bands that are age appropriate. You know, probably not going to get hired to, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself by saying this name <laughs> because to me this name is is fresh and new. But like I'm not gonna get hired to play for Grimes, you know. Like and she, actually like she's gonna get like a mid twenties. Probably yes, <laughs> yeah. probably. But yeah, you know like like you 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 age along with your peers and mm-hmm. and you you get hired generally into age appropriate um, projects, and the difficult people fall away over time. Yeah. Yeah, because no one's gonna put up with that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So if so if you're if you're 45 and you're still working as a you know as a yeah, hired it, musician, it narrows or, down to more and more it, reasonable people. It, yeah. Yeah, it narrows down to the people that are, that that are actually capable of 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 not being a drunken buffoon or being the kind of drunken buffoon whose hangover whose hangover doesn't affect you the next day yeah. and the person can still get up and stay. You know, like you can. You just have to be functional, you know. Yeah. Like the you, it just it, you, the more you age, the more you find yourself around more and more functional people. Well, and the more you tour, you also, I think, you get better at negotiating different people's personalities. Absolutely. You get better at uh, understanding privacy in certain situations, and 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 maybe even humor and comedy. Yeah. <laughs> that is and isn't appropriate, maybe. And definitely. Um, I mean, it's every band's different. I feel like it's like going to a new country you're just like how do they how do they do things here oh it's very similar but also very different you know yeah but so and then you how long did you play with the rack on tours i mean was that just like a blast to join it was amazing and it was absolutely nerve-wracking i'd never i'd only ever played in bands that were super well rehearsed and we did the same thing the same way every single night and you you made a set list and you didn't deviate yeah um you know, and that was like they didn't do that. No, no, they just <laughs> like they just shout the names of the songs, or they just go into them, so sometimes you, in different keys. So you just have to know the material so well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was that a huge difference in? Uh, I mean, it must have been a big difference in touring with the Rack on Tours than uh, with some of the bands you were with before, right? I mean, like, like did it just it was just elevated to a, a much higher degree? I I'd, I'd never toured out outside of the United States. Um, and I'd never been in a bus before. So yeah, I mean, those were, those were big things. It started um, to feel like more of the glamour that you assume it's going to be as a kid and then realize that it's not. And then maybe it starts to feel more that way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, um, the bus was really nice. Mm-hmm. Getting to tour outside of the United States was really nice. Witnessing some of the, like the, wow, this is what like crazy fandom does this is wild there yeah. there are some people out there that are really wild that are um i had to sign an nda when i <laughs> when i joined so i'm actually not sure what i'm allowed to say <laughs> what but i'm not allowed to talk um, about no i mean I, I think it's all like has to do with personal stuff but yeah no like the what kind I of was, underwear I, does jack white wear you know <laughs> you can't i'll, I'll give you i'll give you one guess as to the color white 
Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but you no, saw you saw extreme fandom. I saw hand. really I saw really extreme fandom. Yeah, I saw I saw like I saw pressure. I saw pressure. That's what I saw. It was it it, it was like the first intense experience I had. Um and it was amazing. It was some of the most fun I've ever had on a stage. Um playing with them, playing with the Greenhorns was like riding a roller coaster every single night. Mm-hmm. You never knew what song was going to come next. You didn't know what key it was going to come to you in. And it was just your job to to be able to just roll to, with it. To keep your part on the rails. Yeah. You know? That's I mean that's that's a real rock act, you know. It really it really was like, and I'd never been I'd yeah. never been a part of anything like that. Even like the rock that. acts we think about today aren't that hardcore. I mean that's that's a, that's another it's a different level, you know. When it's like, there's not a set list. Yeah. It's just and there's not yeah. and, and the, the songs might be in a different key. That's just a crazy thing. Yeah. It really like it really was, and it, you know, it's not every night, but like some some nights you'd be like just in the middle of a song and and. You'd get to the you get to the breakdown and all of a sudden the bass would start going boom 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 you know like and you know like oh we're gonna go into that song <laughs> yeah all right oh we're jamming into this I'm now. not sure what <laughs> key we're in yet yeah, you know yeah um that's cool but it was like a it was a a like a really awesome crash mm-hmm. course and in you, in like having to figure out how to be confident one well, that probably builds the most amount of confidence once once you realize how to do it and then you're just you're there yeah. I'd always been, if I fucked up on stage, I would obsess over that moment. Yeah. If, if my guitar went out, like in Louder Milk or Gosling, if, if, if I, if I biffed a, a a note, Mm -hmm. I was, I was, it would ruin my show. If, if I, if something went out, it would just haunt you. It would haunt me. (laughs) It would ruin my show and it would affect the rest of my performance. Mm -hmm. And, Nobody wants to fucking see that. No one. Cares. Nobody wants to see a guy, uh, like a professional musician, yeah. up on stage, throwing a fit. Throw a fit <laughs> yeah. because he biffed a note. Yeah. You know, nobody needs to see that. That's a waste of everyone's time and money, and and it's and it's a waste of it's it's a waste of the entire night to 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 do that and and going into that thing. And just being forced to, okay, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. And I I don't actually have the luxury of caring whether I hit a bad note or not. Mm-hmm. If I get to the end of this song and I hit 80% of the chords right, I'm going to feel like I did something. Yeah. Like I'm going to feel good about <laughs> yeah. myself. And like the, it really was a crash course in just being confident and, yeah. and not caring about the notes that didn't go right. But getting getting, more, pa- getting, getting over more stoked, getting, getting more stoked about fixing the problem. Literally, literally like, up on the problem. yeah, literally yeah. like, okay, something went wrong. Fuck that. We're past it. I yeah. got to get back on track. Like right yeah. the train, right the train, get it back on track yeah. and, and, and keep it going at this speed. And, um, and that becomes its own high, you know? Yeah. Like but problem solving. And yeah. Yeah. Ways. Like. Yeah. And then, I mean, and, I, and I you feel say, better about yourself at the end of that show. I felt better about myself at the end of that show, having made twenty percent mistakes. You know, like, ha- yeah. like more mistakes than I ever made in my life. Maybe not twenty percent, but like ha- making more mistakes than I'd ever made in my life. Mm-hmm. But knowing that I got past them and that they didn't trip me up. Yeah. Um, that those didn't matter. What actually mattered was continuing to like aspire like like continuing to aspire to be like fun yeah and and just yeah keeping the momentum going that that was you because, feel, cause I feel the, better about myself the listener at a live show is not gonna be like well he hit a wrong note there and i'm gonna i'm never gonna forget that they're there to have a good time and watch you play right <laughs> so right like, they want to see you just you they're going to be having a good time if you're having a good time yeah. also a lot of the time. And yeah. it's like, you watch some old Nirvana recordings. I mean, like, it's not like those things oh, are perfect at all, no. but you fucking love it. And the mistakes are amazing. No, listen to some Jimi Hendrix recordings. Yeah. There are, like, there are clams all over that. And, 
I mean, it even does, Jimmy it doesn't Page is matter. like the sloppiest guitar player I've ever heard, and but also one of my favorites of all time. Literally, so, yeah. It's in it, 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 it all boils down to the the confidence that that they were gonna get yeah. through that thing. That like the mistakes don't matter. What matters is the feeling that goes into yeah. them. The nights where you overcome something, they're gonna be more memorable. Yeah, I, mean, I, I remember like on like nights on the last chin store. I had, I had a, a very similar thing um, where and you play guitar on the shins. Yeah, guitar and keys and okay. and um, kind of like an auxiliary violin. Esque. Yeah. Okay. Whatever needs to be done. Whatever you're needs to it. be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just handling it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the you know like the uh, strap lock came out. You yeah. know, I think on the first or second song or something like that, and I was holding it for part of the song and my guitar tech. There was like a little bit in the in the song where I have to go over and play keys, mm-hmm. and um my guitar tech saw what happened and mm-hmm. like he came over and as I transitioned over to keys, he just like undid the strap lock, like got the <laughs> other guitar off of me as I'm playing the key part <laughs> and got the, got the, the backup guitar on me. Like, I don't even know, you know, it was, it was, and I'm playing over here and I just kind of like went up with my left hand and got my <laughs> arm through. And it was, it was what everyone's missing right now is the gesticulation of this yes, whole thing that you're yes, doing. There's a lot amazing. of arm yeah. swinging, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was like a coordinated movement between two yeah. people that While playing the keys. Yeah, yeah. Like we couldn't speak to each other. We couldn't say like, what yeah. do you need? Like, here's how let's do it. Like we, we just both like, professionals and, yeah, yeah, we like, we've both, he's been watching me and, and like, Props to Troy. Way Troy, to go, you're the Troy. man. Uh, way to go, Troy. He just knew exactly how to get that thing in there mm-hmm. and around. And, you know, if if the audience had had their eyes closed, they never would have known anything happened. Yeah. And honestly, I was probably in the dark anyway. So they but never the, but did the few know. people that did see it happen were even more like, wow. man, that guy fucking rocks. Yeah. <laughs> like, because it, 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 it's... It's kind of fun when things go wrong mm-hmm. and no one would know if their yeah. eyes were closed. But you, I mean, maybe you're like me. It's it, you get off on the challenge of the thing. Like, yeah. Like to me, I'd be much more yeah. excited if it's like, hey, can you handle more than you think you can? It's like, yeah, let me try. Yeah. <laughs> Please let me try. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, it makes it more exciting yeah, yeah. to be pushing those boundaries. Yeah. I will, I will always, I will always try and bite off more than I can chew. You know, I guess the trick is like getting it down to eighty percent and figuring out like a way a way to, of making eighty percent of it work. You know. Yeah. But but yeah, like I I like I said before, I, I obsess over those little like nuances mm-hmm. that I hear in records and 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 I want to hear all of them there. You know. Yeah. So if I need to if I need to like figure a way of like playing a keyboard part and 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 like looping the right hand part while i play the bass part and then like triggering a sample of, <laughs> yeah. of a note yeah i'll figure a way of i'll yeah. you know i'll try and figure out a way to, to do that that's awesome well you're selling yourself hard on this <laughs> I'm like, we're gonna push this out to all the biggest bands in the world and see, <laughs> see who needs it. has a has it ever felt like a challenge just like being on the road so much and be, being away from family your, your wife or yeah. your kid and yeah, this how, last how you... year was a was a a big challenge, because um, it's the first time I've toured with that you know with a kid. Yeah, I always miss my wife when I'm on the road. I, I you know miss my family. Being on the road when you've got a kid is a totally different beast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that 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 person doesn't really understand why you're gone. Yeah, you can't just explain. You it. can't explain it. You can't say. Well, I've got to earn money, and unfortunately, this is the way I earn money. Yeah. The way I earn money is being away. Yeah. That makes no sense, um, because Mama can make money here at home. Mm-hmm. She can just go for a couple hours and come back. Yeah. So that's really hard, and it sucks. It always sucks being away from people you love. Yeah. But it sucks the most being away from people you love, who don't understand the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Know? Um, so that's, a, you know, that's, 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 sorry. Um, that's been, that's been tough. But other than that, like, I love being on the road. I love, I love touring with people. I love being in the studio, you know, yeah. all of the above. If, if, if it's creative in any capacity, 
I, I love it, and I will obsess over every little nuance of it, yeah. you know? If you weren't so passionate that you would obsess about the nuances, then it wouldn't be something worth spending so much time doing. Right. I mean, it would yeah. be worth taking yourself away or, or spending hours in the studio or... Um, I never thought I would ever be a, a touring musician. It never, it never occurred to me that I had as an option. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it never occurred to me that I had skills to do that. I, I thought, oh, you know, my value is probably in writing or or yeah. recording or 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 being some kind of. I don't think it's such a publicized career that people even realize that it's an option until they're yeah. in it. And yeah. And you go, oh, oh, maybe I could do that more. Yeah. Like. Wow, I get a steady paycheck and like you're gonna none pay of the me drama. to play music. Yeah, and then I don't have to have uh, carry the emotional burden of being the actual band. <laughs> right, right, exactly. We don't have to have fight. Yeah, you're just stoked that I'm here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy. literally. And maybe yeah. I get a hotel room like yeah. every night. Maybe I don't have every to sleep in the night. van anymore. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sharing a bed with anyone. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first time I even just had my own bed, it was like, wow, this is real. I'm doing it. You know? Yeah. Well, what, 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 what are some things that you're excited about that you have coming up? Do you have any tours coming up or records you're working on? No, no tours coming up. Um, James and I just worked on a new Shins track mm-hmm. um, last month, um, which I'm really excited about. I got to do a little work on that. Um, I don't know what's going to go towards. Yeah. You know, may, maybe a single, maybe an EP, maybe mm-hmm. a record. It's all pretty loose right now. Yeah, with, with the shoes. yeah, yeah. He's, you know, I think he's maybe working on Broken Bell stuff. Okay. Possibly, I don't know. There's a band here in town. It's a husband and wife that um, I'm gonna produce their record. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. I mean, I guess the. For some reason, I don't like using the word hustle because I feel like it's so overused, but <laughs> it never, it never really stops in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. It's you, you never. I mean, it, it's very seldom that you're in the. <laughs> You get to a place where you can just coast. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's always what's what am I working on next? You know, what yeah, we, which is exciting and it's what it's exciting because it's difficult, and it's difficult because it's a fun and exciting career path. Otherwise, it wouldn't be like why why would we do it? You know. Yeah, <laughs> I like Isaac's thing where it's like I love that I wake up and I go how, what how can I creatively make the next thing happen for me? You know? Yeah. Like it's th- that challenge is what pushes you and keeps you young and keeps you being creative. And if yeah. it wasn't for that, like you just wouldn't be that creative. Yeah. But it, it forces you to be creative. So that in itself is exciting. Yeah. Well, awesome. I wish you the best of luck with all. Thank those you. Things. Thanks for, uh, I can't wait to see you play at some point. Yeah. Me, we'll, well, I'm going to see you guys tonight. So awesome. Yeah. I hope we don't disappoint. And I mean, I know you won't, Isaac you won't. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for, Giving me the time, letting me set up in, in your little guest house and uh, feeding me beer, too. It's been you're, great. you're more than welcome. All right. Well, thanks, man. Goodbye, everybody. All right. See ya. Bye.